Well, hey, good morning, Missio. Um, I got some friends up here this morning, and some of you will recognize them. Some of you may not if you're new to the community, but we'll introduce them in a second. But um, yeah, today we're going to continue our series uh, called Great is Your Faithfulness. And, you know, we started off the year by dedicating the building and the space. Last week we had our original planting team up here, um, most of it anyways, uh, just telling stories of how Missio began and Really the heart and the intent in, in all of it, the whole month of January, is to help cast vision um, for where I believe God might be calling us to continue to go. And part of how we're telling that story is by looking back at where God has taken us, where we've been. Uh, what are the rhythms? What are the values? What are the things that have gotten us to this place where uh, we sit in a place of grace and just receiving God's faithfulness and goodness in community through the last couple of years and even in this space? And so... Um, if you're part of Missio, you know we talk a lot about rhythms. And I, I want to just open up a, a real quick passage out of the Gospel of Luke. Um, this is Luke chapter 6, and I'm going to read a handful of verses here. And it says, uh, as, this is as Jesus is talking about, or, or Luke telling us who Jesus chose as, as his um, apostles and all of their names. But in Luke chapter 6, it says, In these days, he, meaning Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve, whom he named apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew his brother, and James and John, and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas, and James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. I'm realizing we took those off the wall too soon. I should have had them on for one more week so you guys could look and see them. <laughs> It says, and then he came down with them, and he stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples, and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem, and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured, and all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out of him, and he healed all of them. If you've been a part of Missio, you know that we use this as a passage to talk about uh, and kind of boil down, if you will, the, the rhythms in Jesus' life that we see all throughout the Gospels and that we believe we're, we're called to live in and walk in all throughout our lives. Uh, we talk about this as, in simply, we talk about it as up, in, and out. Kind of maybe a more uh, robust way of talking about it, if you want to put that slide up, would be to say communion with God, community with one another, and mission to the world. And we believe when the foundation of Missio that, that these are the rhythms that, again, we see Jesus live uh, in throughout his life, and we believe these are the rhythms that were modeled for us by Jesus, and that also him living these were part of our salvation, meaning if Christ did not live in this manner, he would not have been able to fulfill his calling and therefore grant us salvation. And so we believe it's true then, too, that we are called as disciples of Jesus to live our lives after him and to live into these rhythms as well. And in doing so, it's how we get to experience the the working out of our salvation, if you will, continuing to live in the grace of God, with God personally, intimately, in relationship with him, in, in community with one another, and then finding purpose and, and calling by living uh, out on mission to the world. And so the next few weeks, what we're going to do is kind of flesh that out. Again, these are rhythms we've been living through, again, have allowed us to be here. And the heart and the point and the goal of the next few years, or next few weeks, excuse me, and why I've got these four friends up here this morning, is to start our conversation this morning about communion with God. We want to have a conversation honestly openly this morning about what has it looked like for us over the years, last 10, 12 years, and beyond that if, if you guys want to, but what has it looked like to seek to live 
in communion with God as a response to his grace which he's given us? What does it look like for us to love him in return as a response to the way that he has loved us in Christ and pursued and sought us? Um, And so this here is Ryan Dangaren. Uh, Ryan and his wife Sarah and their two kids have been part of our community for a good number of years, all the way back. I think each of you, I can think back to the St. Barnabas days. And I think that was kind of cool when I thought about who... I sat prayerfully and just each of your names came up. I'm so grateful each of you have said yes. And so Amy and her husband, Jono, and they got two boys now. And Melissa is with us this morning. And Melissa was part of our original planning team. She was last week in that picture. And I told you someone was sick and couldn't be here, but she'll be up during this series. And so Melissa Spaulding. And then June and her husband, Todd, have been uh, part of the community since back in the beginning stages as well. And they've got two kids now as well. And so June, Melissa, Amy, Ryan, thanks for being here this morning. I'm going to give one little caveat. Each one of them, when I asked them to do this, each one of them was like, I'm not really sure like I'm in that place to be the one to be up there talking about <laughs> communion with God, okay? And the reason why I share that is because we, I just invited them to have an honest, humble conversation, all right? There, there's any number of you that, that could have been up here, but I, I believe God put them on my heart for a good number of reasons. I think part of that is even just that posture that says, I'm, I'm, I'm in process. I'm working this out. And so we're going to talk about that honestly this morning. And Hope is an encouragement to all of us together as we think about, again, how God has called us and invited us to follow him uh, in communion with himself. So let's talk about this, if we can. Um, just what's it, what's it been like over the last few years, a number of years, for you to tr- you know, respond to God's invitation to live in communion? Just if you're able to share with us what are some of the, the ways he's invited you, some of the ways you've experienced that, some of the ways you've experience his love and growth through that, um, the good, the bad, the ugly. Let's just dialogue a little bit and share. Go for it. Um, <clears throat> I come with lots of Kleenex <laughs> and um, a lot of strong emotions this morning. Um, Dom said the good, the bad, and the ugly, and um, the last three years have been bad and ugly. Um, Many of you um, knew my parents, um, Larry and Nola Spaulding, who were a vital part, an active part of Miss You almost from the beginning, basically, I think. My dad was like, when I first got involved, Melissa, who are these people that you're, you talk about so much? And I said, well, why don't you come? You and mom come. And they came when we started out in Dom and Christine's living room. Um, my father died um, in 2018, which was a great loss. Um, just an amazing man, an amazing father. And I know that that loss was felt deeply by this community. Um, So starting with that, and then um, my sweet mama um, has advanced dementia, and um, that's just a whole nother story in and of itself, and the long goodbye, and taking care of her, and having to make that decision to finally place her and admit I couldn't take care of her. And many of you remember her as just an amazing, vibrant, Woman, so again, you've journeyed with me in that. And then, um, total honesty, I just went through a divorce less than a year, and the hopes and dreams that come with that. 
Um, so it's been pretty bad and pretty ugly. Um, so just to say that, Miss Yu, you have been um, such a vital part of my life, an integral part, and many of you I've known for such a long time, and I look out and I'm just like, yep, 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 these people have got my back and stand by me, and many of you are also new, and um, look forward to doing life with you. Um, but how the last three years have especially shaped my life is a, um, complete and even at times a brutal honesty with God. And this morning, driving over here, um, the word forsaken came to me. And, um, you know, David expressed in Psalms, why have you forsaken me? And even Jesus himself on the cross said, why have you forsaken me? And oh my God, if that doesn't encapsulate the last three years. God, why have you forsaken me when I gave my life to you when I was a young one? I grew up in a Christian home and I've served you on the mission field. I've done everything right. How can you take away from me my daddy, my mama, and this marriage? Why have you forsaken me? And sitting in that place and just being accusing God of you've let me down maybe throwing in a few curse words, <laughs> sailor mouth. Um, but just that extreme honesty of how dare you, you've forsaken me. And just knowing that God is big enough and there's that grace and that space to fully express the whole gamut of emotions without judgment and just even a more deepening love. And that brutal honesty has led to a deep intimacy like I have never known before, even after walking with the Lord for 30, 40 years. And him saying, oh, Melissa, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. And seeing that love demonstrated through all of you guys, being able to lean into the physical presence of Jesus through all of you and just falling in love with my Savior and seeing him like I never have before and seeing um, being able to hold grief and great loss and yet joy and knowing that I am loved at the same time and being open-handed and just letting those emotions come and laying them before Jesus and being ministered to by the Holy Spirit and then seeing him come through in provision just in small and big deal uh, situations like God I don't know how I'm going to walk through this I don't know how I'm going to handle it and whether it's through relationships or logistics seeing him provide for my every need mm -hmm. I think often we talk about right the reality of the tensions that it is to really be a disciple and a follower of Jesus. And what you described is not you know, life happy and pretty and always up and to the right, right? Like we think or kind of can be tricked into, or deceived into thinking that, oh, that's what, you know, I'm following Jesus. And so now everything is going to have this pretty little bow on it. And yet the reality is that that's not, that's not it. 
And it, that, that, that type of false thinking actually can deter us from experiencing communion with God. But it's these hard things, actually, the pain, the suffering, those realities that can be catalyst, as you said, to growing closer to God and experiencing intimacy. And thank you for sharing honestly about that. And yeah, God's faithfulness. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Are we just going down the line? Yeah, you okay. guys can share. You just want to we'll dialogue. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was going to start mine up and saying, hey, I'm Ryan. I'm, I'm an addict. Uh, addict to myself. <laughs> um, I didn't think I would need Kleenex at all. Jeez. Yeah, I think the journey, I'll just kind of throw some things out that have happened over the last seasons. Um, you know, marriage almost falling apart. Um, you know, building up of, of the, the resume virtues. Um, sexual addiction. My, if I had to break it down into themes, that's how I think. The, the last couple years have been moving from the kingdom of, of myself, or the kingdom of America, the kingdom of money, to understanding what the kingdom of God is. Three, I would say three major movements for me have been come from, from hiding to being exposed and that being a good thing. Um, moving from control to trust. And then the big one that I'm sitting in right now is um, moving from perceived perfection not perfection at all, uh, to just being present. And I'd say presence, and that can mean a lot of different things. Um, I'll, I'll keep it short. That's, that's where I'm at. That's where my the journey's come for me. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can share. I got the eye, the eye raise from June. <laughs> Um, so I think for me, as I was thinking about the last um, 10 to 12 years, it's, um, gosh, <laughs> having been a follower of Jesus for a long time, and it was just helpful, I think, to put a, a line in the sand a little bit and go, okay, 12 years ago, yeah, um, John shared last week that um, this was a church of broken people coming together, and I was like, hey, oh, yep, mm-hmm, that was me. So... Um, offended or not, it's true. Um, I think I was just in a place with God of very, um, very legalistic, uh, wanting to earn everything. Um, if you know me, you know that I love checklists and Excel sheets and um, a good decision tree uh, warms my heart like no other. So um, God doesn't work that way, though. <laughs> And I think that's been a lot of the last 10 to 12 years is, um, you know, seeing that God is, is a God of absolutes, and yet uh, he's not a God of black and white. Um, that there's so much gray area, and it's been a lot of, like, terrifying freedom to step into some of the gray, uh, I think, is what it's it's felt like, um, and at the same time, like Melissa was saying, and like we were singing this morning, like God has been so incredibly faithful and unchanging. So even as seasons of life have changed for me with 
job changes and having kids and um, those are the big ones, I guess, <laughs> um, and changing communities even 12 years ago. Um, God isn't any different, you know, and I, I think um, the real beauty of that has been for me as a kid with divorced parents, there was just a lot of up and down and inconsistency in my childhood. And to have God just be steady is just this really beautiful gift. And I know that's who he is for everybody, but I'm like, it's a really beautiful gift for me too. Yeah. That um, consistency is so key to me. It speaks to my heart in ways I don't even know that I need. And so yeah. to be able to see that um, God's consistency is the same. And in, in all honesty, like the last two years, I feel like that's been really, really hard to say like, God, you know and see and are and you love and we're watching people die. You knew this was coming and like, what do I do with that? Like, how do I resolve that? And there's this beauty in the gray. And like Melissa was saying, like there's a God's big enough to handle me coming to him asking those questions. And so yeah. I feel like it's been a hard couple years of like, I'm, I, miss, I miss seeing you guys. I'm used to seeing the back of your heads because that's what the Zoom camera shows. So it's really good to see your faces. Hi, Zoom family. It's good to see you guys too. Um, yeah, but like, where, where is God in the, in the pain of being an extrovert whose love language is touch in isolation? And, and really missing you all, and um, and yet he's still there. <laughs> he's the same as he was on the day that my kids were born, of you know, and all that joy, or the day that we got married, and there was so much joy. Like he's the same. Um, yeah, I don't, it's sort of a rambling answer of that's what good. God's relationship looks like for the last ten years with me. But yeah, that's good. That's good. You, you guys have some of you have alluded to it already a little bit, but like. How have those, those hardships actually been a way and an opportunity that God has revealed more of himself to you or invited you to explore more of yourself, right? Realizing that life is not just this clean-cut thing and these are, there are these things I need to wrestle with both within my own story, upbringing, family of origin, this world, and kind of that intersection of faith and culture and the reality of my life. Like, How have those actually helped you to lean in closer or to experience more fully who God is? in some of these themes or transitions? I know for me, the verse that always comes up is Peter saying, where else are we going to go? You hold the words of life, like Peter speaking to Jesus. And so when I'm in those moments of like, what the heck is happening? Like, what does this mean? This hurts. This is awful. I look around and I just hear that. Where else am I going to go? So mm -hmm. it's just that encouragement to dive deeper, yeah. to dig deeper into God, to pray, to, to sit, to wrestle, to scream, but to seek that relationship and go, I don't know what you're going to tell me. I don't know how you're going to fix it. I don't know if you're going to fix it, mm -hmm. but where else am I going to go? Yeah, yeah. That's good. Thanks. Yeah. 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 I fully agree. It's like I have nothing else. I know nothing else but you. Um, you do remain the one constant in my life. Everything I love has been taken away from me. And what am I left with? You. Mm -hmm. So I lean into that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. 
June, can I ask you to share the, anywhere you want? Just kind of okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a space to hear your voice. Yeah. Um, I feel really loud. Is okay. Um, when, yeah, I'm so glad you opened with when you called each of us that we were like wrong person. That's how I felt anyway. Um, but just trusting that this is God, part of God's plan. Um, and I think that um, I'm just really tired. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that resonates with anyone. And flat. You know, there are a lot of factors, I think. Pandemic. I think public education is really hard right now. My, my job's really hard. Um, I have some family stuff that's going on. Um, so I think for the last couple of months, I've been finally able to articulate that my mental health is not good. And probably the lowest it's been in my life. Um, and I said to Dom that um, what's, what solace I found during this really dark period is that Cognitively, I know that God is near. He doesn't feel near, but I know he's near. And I know he loves me. I might not be able to feel that, but I know he loves me. And I think, I think in this season, that's enough. Mm. And that kind of what you were talking about, that the, the idea of God's steadfastness, and his constancy in a world that feels very fickle. Mm. And, you know, how, how wonderful it is to know that he shows up even when we cannot, mm. that he is faithful when we are not. Mm. Um, I think for me right now, That's what I'm clinging on to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of the verses that I was thinking about as we were preparing for this, and I made a slide not knowing if we'd use it or not, but if you want to put up John 17, 3, Jesus is right before Jesus is going to go to the cross and go to the end, right? And he, he prays what we all think about often and later in John 17, the, the beautiful prayer of them, the invitation to unity, but he starts off in that section by talking about God, I've, I've been faithful and I've done the things that, that you've called me to do. And he says this, he says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And as I'm listening to you all, and as we think often about, yeah, eternal life, again, we can often sometimes think about two ways. Either eternal life is like, this is life here, and then eternal life is the, the ticket that's been punched for me to get into heaven, right? And that's false. Or we can think about, oh, this is eternal life and it's here now. Again, it's going to be this beautiful, perfect, no messy, no pain type of life. And that too is false. Scripture holds neither of those as the reality of what Christ has invited us into or saved us into. But what we've been saved into is this eternal life that actually starts now. 
-hmm. And it's a quality of life that's not defined by circumstances, but it's a quality of life that's defined by relational knowing. That's why mm -hmm. he says that they may know you. And that word knowing in scripture too is not just head knowledge, though that's super important during times and seasons because we've got to be grounded in that knowledge of the truth of who God is. But that knowing is it's experiential. Mm -hmm. And those two both play out in our lives. Like at, sometimes we're experiencing it and it's like, oh, this is amazing. Sometimes we're not experiencing that. And, but it's the knowledge of the truth that we've given ourselves to or that God's entrusted to us by his spirit. And it's the playing out of both of those, all of that within this experience of life to understand and realize that, again, eternal life is defined by relationship, proximity, nearness to God. Not because necessarily we've moved close first, but in Christ, whom you've sent that in Christ coming close, we get to experience the beauty of eternal life starting now that carries through and transforms and ministers to us and yet yeah, carries us through the, the hard and challenging things. Um, I'm grateful for each of you speaking honestly this morning about, yeah, just the reality of the hardships, but you're living in the reality of eternal life because it's, being, it's defined by the relational knowledge, experience of Christ. Um, what a gift, yeah, yeah couple other questions I, I kind of had asked you, um, just looking at, thinking about time a little bit. Um, what would have been, for, you know, even talking about kind of that knowledge, that knowing of God, what have been ways that you guys have practiced or disciplined or given yourselves to, again, pursuing or seeking God, um, even to tools, resources that we've made available to you over the years that have been helpful to grow as disciples of Jesus in relationship with God? Would you speak to that just for a little bit? Yeah, yeah I, I can start. Um, I was, maybe I'll set it in the context of you know, 1 Timothy where he talks about like getting caught up in civilian affairs versus um, thinking you know, and, and like as a soldier and thinking in terms of um, your commanding officer, which would be Jesus. Um, uh, one of the practices, or I guess spaces, that's been really influential, um, I've had others, but it's the most recent, has been um, Conquer. And I, I think when I, when I was thinking of challenges, you know, I think there's just a lot of like lookalikes, like gospel lookalikes, things that, that look like they are gospel truth, but they're not. Um, and Conquer, for me, has been a space where a bunch of a bunch of dudes that were caught up in civilian affairs uh, became soldiers, and it's been really cool. Um, you know, like the freedom that comes just being honest with your stuff, and, and then you know that that's a really scary thing, and then it becomes not scary at all because the more you go in the more free you are. Um, yeah, and, and just from, from like a tone perspective, I just want to be really clear. There were some really passive dudes who are just warriors that I know. Um, it's really encouraging. So that's probably been the most, uh, uh, just showing up, uh, being honest, being seen. And um, not necessarily coming out the other side like pretty and perfect, but knowing what knowing what you're about, yeah, it's pretty freaking legit. Yeah. yeah. So thanks, Ryan. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm very undisciplined with practices. I get caught up in, ooh, I'll start that Bible study, that book. Um, but thinking now, um, it's been friendships, mm. believe it or not, the discipline of friendships, mm. the discipline of connecting and honesty and saying, mm. I am not well. Will mm. you stand with me? And reaching out, it's just not worth it to be strong on my own and to be stoic. Mm. Um, there are two apps that I have come to really appreciate. Um, Lectio 360 and mm -hmm. pray, Prayer to go. Um, pray as you go. And I have become disciplined in listening to those. And I just mm -hmm. take a quiet time with a cup of tea every morning. Um, really grounds and centers me. I'm a nurse and things are so stressful right now. People are just getting really sick. And I know there's many healthcare professionals here. And um, so it just helps to ground me. And I'm constantly talking to God throughout the day. I jibber jatter in his ear. This is good. No, you know, okay, help me with, give me wisdom with this, you know. Um, so it's a couple of maybe weird offhanded things. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. You definitely uh, echo what Mel said about just having the core friendships that uh, friends who can walk alongside of you and that you can be authentic and not judged and real. Yeah. That's really just so important and feel loved and seen. Um, uh, I also found particularly in the last couple of years when I did the um, EHS cohorts, the Emotional Healthy Spirituality, it was such a great reflective practice for me um, into developing or reaffirming rhythms I already knew that were healthy, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. silence with God. Uh, we live in such a noise-filled world that if I am not intentional about uh, getting off social media going out for a walk, um, that reading Peter Scazzaro's kind of thoughts on EHS was, um, was so affirming in, in that way yeah. that your relationship with God can look different, that a Sabbath is not, I think people really maybe are maybe afraid of taking a Sabbath because they have these preconceived notions that it has to look a certain way and really our, our relationship with God is so personalized. It's what's life-giving to us. It's what brings us closer to him. That's what Sabbath is. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's I, I don't do it enough, but it just reaffirmed if I can take like mini Sabbaths even, that's mm -hmm. helpful. Yeah, yeah, good. That's awesome, thank you. Yeah. I think I've seen the most um, growth or space for growth or space for change um, when I've been in a really good practice of soap, of doing, looking at scripture, observing, applying, and praying um, on a 20-minute-a-day basis. Um, and doing that in community has been really key, too, where there's a space to... Um, accountability, not in a, like, well... You didn't do it, but and they're like, let's do it together. Like, you know, it's good for you. How can I encourage you? How can I? Let's think through what's blocking you from doing it every Thursday, 
how can we rework your schedule? Can I sit with your kids for 20 minutes or whatever, right? But um, I feel like those two things combined have been really powerful. And then um, I got to do a huddle that was um, a discipleship group um, with some women, many of whom I spent maybe an hour with in person in our entire lives. It was all over Zoom. But um, I think the honesty that came in that group and the space and encouragement um, and challenge that came there was a really big mm. part of, yeah, just seeing seeing more of who God is and like delving more into the gray area of who God is and how I can relate to him differently. Yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. As I'm listening to the four of you, I'm, I'm reminded of a couple, there's a couple of threads that I'm hearing. Honesty has been spoken of a lot, just the, not only the ability and the, the need to be honest myself, but that God can handle it. I think that's an important reminder, both, both of those, that I need to be honest with myself if I'm going to actually live in community with God and grow in Christ. Mm-hmm. And also God's big enough. He, he's, he's not afraid of my stuff. Mm-hmm. And your stories all speak to that. I think the other thing is the close connection between the fact that, yes, we have this personal salvation that we've been invited into with Christ, but the communal connection is so key. Mm-hmm. That each of you spoke to spaces that, mm-hmm. you know, practices of just the practice of being intentional to go to friends and go into community in places that will remind me or encourage me or just have these deep, honest conversations about the reality again of who God is, who I am, what's going on in the world, and that they're not disconnected. You know, they're, 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 there's a need for that, again, because we've been personally saved, but saved into community, saved into family. Mm-hmm. And so that's just beautiful, and that's a reminder. I, thank you guys for being honest. Um, time-wise, we're not going to get to some other things. I, I wish we had more time to do it. But as you sit and listen, family, uh, I'm, I'm just aware, and I'm, I know God's speaking to you. I'm just cognizant of that because I think he always is wanting to. But I'd ask you to be thinking about, you know, as you start a new year and you think about your relationship with God, where you're at, this invitation for communion, this invitation to growth in, in love with God, being near to him, what, what's he saying to you? What's he speaking to you? What's the invitation that you hear from God? And maybe what are some practices that uh, might allow you to, to put yourself in this space to receive even more grace, to continue to play out and lean into that invitation that you hear from God? I really want to encourage each of us to think about that as we, we leave this morning because, the, the, again, this conversation and this, this month of these conversations is about that. It's about remembering and, and getting to know one another in community more, but for each of us to think about what, where, where are we going? What are the intentional, again, spaces, the intentional relationships, the intentional practices that were spoken of up here? Even the truths maybe that you need to remember and hold on to in a certain way, they're going to hold you and carry you. You might be in a, a really high season right now, but hearing again how it plays out when, you, when you're in a lower season, you might only have that cognitive you're not experiencing, but you need the, the truth, the, the, the foundations. And so I want to encourage you to wrestle with that. I want to leave you with one word. I had asked them to think about what's, what's, a, what's a word of encouragement you would give. And just because of time, I feel like you've, you've shared a lot. Is that, is that honest enough to say that? Yeah. Does anybody have anything burning they want to share with that, like a word of encouragement to give? Not a short one, but okay. I got a lot, but no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give us one short one. And right. again, I, Psalm 34.18 says this. Psalm 34.18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and saves the crushed in spirit. I didn't know all that they were going to share today. I knew maybe little bits, but I just said I wanted to have an honest dialogue. But again, as I was praying for us as a community and thinking about what's the word of encouragement that I would give if time, it's this, church. I want to remind us of this. 
that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the crushed in spirit. It's been a challenging few years um, that you guys have all spoken, family, school, work, uh, parenting, just, I mean, the realities of life, right? It's been a challenging year for all of us, and yet we're not alone. God is near to you. And the more honest I think that we can be about the brokenness of our heart because of the brokenness we see in ourselves or the brokenness we see in the world, more so we'll see and experience that he's here to save us, that he's here to to lift us up in those areas where we feel crushed or at the end of ourselves. And so I just want to say a word of prayer over us. Kelly's going to come and lead us in worship. And um, if you guys want to sit together and pray, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for uh, today. Thank you for the promise, the reminder that Indeed, we are not alone, that through the songs that Kelly's picked, through your word, through the stories that have been told, we are reminded this morning that, God, we are not alone. Because, Jesus, you are Emmanuel, you are God with us, and, God, you are a God of relationship, a God that has come near. And, Lord, we thank you this morning for your love. Thank you for your pursuit of us. Thank you for drawing close to us, not just once, but over and over and over again, and the way that you continue to do that. Holy Spirit, I pray and ask that you would remind each of us of the reality of your nearness, and would you give us, yeah, specific invitations to draw near to you, to lean into you. Help us in that, and God, thank you for the gift of community that we need to remind us uh, of, and often put flesh on the realities and the truths that we wrestle with. But God, we, we praise you this morning. We thank you for your faithfulness, and we, in turn, God, seek and desire to follow you, Jesus, and be faithful as well. Holy Spirit, help us to that end. I pray your love and your blessing over this community. In Jesus' name, amen.